Hello, you plump little sausage. Welcome to a cop-on special. Before we kick the door in on this episode and chuck a smoke bomb in there and then burst in in our full army gear with Balaclava's night vision goggles and our guns, let me first say a huge thank you to our latest Patreon supporter, Rory Oflati. Thank you so much to him. If you too would like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast and you can win prizes for doing so. Thank you very much. So for today's episode, I'm absolutely delighted to bring you the views of Job Pennington, who's a Cardiff City fan. He's been going to all the home matches, going to most of the away matches, travelling up and down Great Britain, going to see uh, some marvellous football. And, um, you know, he's going to tell us everything that we can expect from Sunday's match. Uh, Do send us an email, um, coponpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast or share, you know, review it on iTunes. You know you can support us in a myriad ways, but the most important thing is that you listen, you keep listening, and thank you so much. It really means a lot that you do. Here's Job, and my first question for him was uh, about him and how he first started supporting the Bluebirds. Uh, my local club, you know, I just slotted straight in with uh, my grandfather and my uncle going down with the age of seven and eight. Growing up, it, it was just natural, to be honest. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent stuff. I like that, yeah. In, sort of inheriting the football bug. I love it. And, uh, you know, you must be you must be pretty happy uh, after Cardiff's result on Tuesday. You beat Brighton 2-0 away from home. Crucial game. Um, and you were there, right? Can you can you tell us about that match? It was awesome. Um, there was a big, uh, eerie sort of scene around the Cardiff fans, uh, the ones I was with anyway, because although it wasn't mathematically, but that night was sort of make it or break it, we needed a win. If we had lost, we would have been eight points adrift of all the teams. But to take it to two points, especially with a captain's goal as well, our captain was... Very strong in the air last season. He has been this season, but nowhere near as much attackingly. But now he's got his goal. I feel that's really going to turn things around. And that game was just absolutely amazing, just to prove that we're still in this race with uh, not many games left. To take it down to two points is, is vital, absolutely vital. Well, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you're only two points away from safety behind Brighton themselves, although Brighton have got a game in hand. But, uh, you know, so, but that, that, that feeling, that sort of, you know, buzzing feeling from the Cardiff fans, I imagine it's, you know, it's going to be, you're going to bring it into Sunday's match, aren't you? I mean, is there, is there a, a, a renewed sense of optimism then amongst everybody? Definitely. I feel, um, you know, now, uh, we've taken it down to such a small gap. Anything's possible, especially uh, with football. I know everyone sort of went into the Chelsea game not really thinking we would get anything. And you can say, arguably, with the decisions that went against us, we easily could have picked three points up against Chelsea. Going into this game, you know, Liverpool and Man City, they're on. They're just on another level with their counter-attacking football. It, it, no, I don't think anyone's expecting anything from Sunday, but just just go in and supporting the boys that's all that's all you can ask from the fans anything <clears throat> anything that we can get on sunday would be just a bonus 
Excellent, excellent. And, and how have you enjoyed this season as a whole? Because the last thing I want to do is sound, you know, patronising, but I, honestly, I've never, like Liverpool have never been really down there, up and down the divisions like that. So I imagine it, it must be great on one hand to be in the Premier League, but then difficult oh, yeah. to, to see you struggling, no? Honestly, um, among Cardiff fans, a lot of Cardiff fans prefer the Championship because that's where we're comfortable. But being in the Premier League is... It's amazing. We get more more media coverage, and this season has just been amazing. Obviously, growing up, um, going to clubs away, such as like you know your Rotherhams and your Wiggins and stuff. But this season, I I've, I've only missed two away games in Newcastle and Leicester. So I've been to all that. I've been to the Wembley with Tottenham. I've been to Anfield, Stamford Bridge. It, it's just a whole new experience for a lot of Cardiff fans. Are obviously haven't experienced this before unless they went away uh, in the uh, previous Premier League season about five or six years ago. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, and for those of us living abroad like me, I mean, I live in France, you know, we just dream of seeing any Premier League match. So to go and watch, watch so many, I mean, it must be fantastic. But, uh, you know, look, looking at your form, uh, your home form specifically versus your away form, in 17 home matches, you've won six, drawn two and lost nine. Whereas away from home, you've won three drawn two and lost 12 so your home form is as I suppose you would expect better than your away form and um, do you notice any difference in the way that Neil Warnock sets Cardiff up at home definitely I feel um ever since he came in a couple of seasons ago <clears throat> excuse me he's um decided to make Cardiff City Stadium more of a fortress he more sets up not to lose rather than just go out all fighting which when you're down with the bottom of the table, every point is so so vital that you sort of need to set up a way where we sort of Cardiff and renowned for our Route 1 sort of football, which a lot of uh, people don't like. But it, if that's what's going to get you the points, then I'm all for it. So you're expecting that against Liverpool then, just, you know, low block and play direct long balls? I can see us playing a bit different, obviously, with... Virgil van Dijk at the back, we're going to be losing a lot of headers if we're just hoofing it up there. I think we're going to have to try and play for a lot of set pieces and try and get... Um, now Morrison's got his, his captain's goal, as I've said earlier, and with Bruno Manga, we've got a lot of aerial threats where we can afford to lump balls in the box, but only off set pieces where our defenders have a chance to get up there. Uh, yes, Sean Morrison, I am a bit worried about him and, I, and I'm telling you that, you know, I'm really happy for you that you won that match against Brighton but I, you know, I'm like a lot of Liverpool fans you know, there's a bit more trepidation now that you won that match and you've got it all to play for it just might add an oh, yeah. extra sort of 0.1% of effort, you know because they, they would have given 100% anyway, almost um, so, you know, you're guaranteed 100% effort and the crowd's going to be up and we're a little bit, you know, shaky and nervous about it as Liverpool fans, I, I'm sure I'm not alone but looking at your you know your relative form I looked at you know the points average per game is is um you know in total this season you have 0.91 points per game but in the last eight fixtures it's 0.75 points per game and 
your goals scored, the average over the whole season, 0.88, and the average over the last eight games is 0.75. So that's also down, and your goals conceded average is up a little bit. So have you noticed a dip in form in the last eight games, or is it? have you just had, like, you know, a difficult run? Definitely. Um, back in January, Morrison actually ended up in hospital, so we were forced to play with... Sol Bamber and Bruno Manga, which looked amazing. We won, uh, we beat Bournemouth, we ended up beating uh, Southampton away, and that was one of the best games I've been to all season, to win in the last dying seconds against them. Back then, they were our main rivals fighting for survival. Morrison came straight back into that squad after a win, and we instantly, I think that was, we lost 5-1 to Watford, a lot of people didn't think Morrison deserved to walk back in, and I was among that group. And then we lost to Everton. I think that was 3-0, I think. We got absolutely battered, and a lot of people didn't understand why Morrison walked back in. I, Me too, amongst that group. Now, with Sol Bamber against Wolves out for the end of the season, we were panicking, absolutely panicking. Peltier had to come back in as right back, and he's... He's done a really good job and Morrison sort of had to prove himself to get back into the squad and he has. He's been amazing in the year. Obviously, I'll keep going back at, back to him because it was such a big moment, his goal against Brighton. Already 1-0 up. You're so nervous to get that second goal, that, that bit of breathing room is so important, especially for a captain to just to lift everyone's morale. It just means absolutely everything. The dip in form was so bad because we were losing not just one or two, we were getting battered. That's our problem. As soon as one goes in, we seem to open up defensively and two or three or even four might go in. That We just need to tighten up at the back and just play a bit more safe. Yeah, very interesting answer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you mentioned set pieces and, you know, the danger of Sean Morrison in the air and other players. Um, apart from set pieces, what are your, what are your main strengths as a team? As a team, honestly, our main strength, it sounds a bit weird and a lot of managers and fans don't like it, but it's our its our team morale and our fans. Honestly, you see um, on Twitter a lot, I've talked to a lot of different fans, just uh, like Chelsea and Watford, they said Cardiff City Stadium can be such an intimidating place to come because we're one of the few fans that gets behind our team no matter what. Obviously, last um, a week or two ago, up at, up at Man Manchester City on a cold, I think, Wednesday night. He was on TV. Not You didn't have to go. No, nobody really wanted to go. There was the, all the fans, me included, going up. We knew we were going to lose, but we're there because that's the club we support, and that's how we get our team to play better, is by being the best fans we can, boosting their morale, win or lose, just being there for the squad. And hopefully we've got to hope that that pushes them more just to play better. Amazing answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I can hear it on TV, you know, how brilliant the Cardiff fans are and, you know, always singing. Uh, similar to Crystal Palace, it reminds me of Crystal Palace. They also have a, yeah. you know, wonderful fan base as well, you know, always supportive, you know, always cheering them on. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you're making me a bit nervous, though, Job, uh, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so what about, I mean, weaknesses? You know, what if you were to, you know, be Liverpool's manager, for example, you know, what, what would you say 
Liverpool can try and exploit from this Cardiff team? I'd say our full-backs, Atlee Peltier, and he's great defensively minded, but if he goes past halfway line, he gets a nosebleed. He he's not. Uh, if you ask a lot of fans about Lee Peltier, they'll instantly go back to Birmingham away a few seasons ago. He took a shot, and I'm ninety percent sure he went out to the stadium. And if you can set up, which you do obviously with your uh, three attackers in Mane, Firmino, and Salah, if you just play fast attacking football, that's going to exploit us a lot. That's where we're going to have to sort of command our midfield with Gunnison, because Gunnison is an absolute unit in midfield to sort of help Peltier out, which he has been doing amazingly since Peltier's come back in. But if Liverpool are going to exploit anywhere, it's going to be fast attacking football. Well, yeah, great. OK, yeah, great answer. And Lee Peltier, I was just looking on Wikipedia just to check, but yes, he he, he did. He is the same Lee Peltier who, who came through he Liverpool's ranks. Liverpool. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, Lee Peltier actually used to play for Liverpool, so uh, I don't yeah. know. Hopefully, um, you know, he won't be too inspired to prove a point <laughs> against us. Um, but uh, no, that's very interesting. And you mentioned Gunnarsson. He's someone who ca- who has caught my eye this season as, a, you know, a, a really decent player, actually. I mean, would you put him among your best players, along with your, you know, I mean, your captain after Definitely. his goal, maybe? And, and, and who are your other best players? I'd say... Up there, our most consistent all season is Neil Etheridge. By far, he saved uh, two penalties in two games. His first two penalties he saved the season. And he's, I think it's nine clean sheets he's on now. And considering we got him for a free beginning of last season, is absolutely amazing. And I feel if we're going to keep Neil Etheridge, we're going to have to stay up. I feel if we go down, he's going to be one of the first out the door. As well as Camarasa. You know, a lot of Cardiff fans are very sad that we've only got, I think it's four, four, four maybe five games left with Victor Camara. So he's, he's been involved in, I think, nine goals and he's just extremely important to our midfield as well as Harry Arter. Harry Arter, I don't feel will ever score a goal for Cardiff City, but the shift he puts in, he will run down players for the full 90 minutes. Unfortunately, Gunnison is leaving to the Qatar League in this summer, which I know a lot of Cardiff fans are very upset, including myself. He's been here for quite a long time. And uh, we've seen him grow. As fans, we've seen him grow from uh, a midfielder struggling to get into the squad to one of our generals. He's been amazing all season. Last season, um, against Nottingham Forest at home, his goal to win that game is the moment I realised, oh my gosh, we could actually go up. But uh, we've got a lot of players that can take that commanding role. Obviously, Morrison, the captain, I feel Bamba, even when he's not here, considering he's injured, he's still a part of this squad and he's still a commanding voice in the dressing room that we've got three or four players that can take up that role. And that's what is going to lead us over this line to get these next few points that's going to take us over Brighton. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, I wish you all the best after Sunday, of course. Um, what uh, what kind of um, starting lineup is Neil Warnock likely to go with? I mean, I'll just run quickly through. He went four five one against Brighton, I believe, with uh, Etheridge in goal, Peltier, Morrison, Equele Manga, and Bennett at the back, and then in midfield, Gunnarsson, Rawls, Mendes, Lang, Camarasa, and Hoylett. 
and uh, up front was Niasse. Is that is that likely to be the same starting lineup? Uh attacking options obviously with a four five one I think it was, that moves into sort of a four three three attacking wise. Our striking options is where we sort of fall short. Niasse is obviously a great runner, but he can't he can't finish his dinner. He he's barely gets a shot off a game. Then Zahor, I feel like Zahor tries his best so much, but he just doesn't get the service he does. And he's not great in the air, considering a man of his staff, stature. I can see him changing the squad up a little bit. Kadeem Harris came in uh, off the bench against Brighton. And I'm a big advocate of Harris. He, uh, start, he came on, I think he started against Fulham at home. Uh, he hit the bar and got a goal. And then he did a terrible, uh, terrible performance against Everton away and got dropped from the squad, and we haven't really seen him since. Harry Arter will definitely go back into that midfield. Um, we didn't even take him up to Manchester City because he was one booking away from uh, suspension, and if there's anything that's certain in life, if it's death taxes and Harry Arter's going to get a yellow card in a football match. So we didn't even take him up because fear of him <laughs> getting a yellow card for Burnley. He then played against Burnley, got a yellow card, had a suspension, I think, and then didn't play against Brighton. Obviously, he didn't serve <laughs> too bad, but I can see him getting another yellow card against Liverpool because he's going to go straight back into that squad. Oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't injure our players. That's the thing I've been I've been terrified about for ages. Is You know, we've got certain key players, and if we're injured, if they're injured, I, it, it could seriously derail us. Um, but uh, anyway, for, um, sorry to be uh, a bit, you know, egotistical here but I am really interested in your opinion about Liverpool from an outsider's point of view because I mean I think we're great I mean I started a podcast about us at the beginning of the season oh, yeah. that sort of you know might might prove something I think we're an amazing team but you know then you know I get really nervous and I big up you know I, I don't know I, I'm a bit lost this season my nerves are gone my mind's gone and uh, I just want to know what you think from the outside. Do you think Liverpool can do it in, in the league, in the Champions League? What do you think is going to happen? I feel like, obviously, Liverpool not winning a Premier League title. Not a lot of fans, besides Liverpool, of course, want Liverpool to win the league. They, I feel like if they're ever going to win the league, it has to be this season, considering how close they are. I feel like it's going to be ten times harder now Man City are out of the Champions League. They can just focus on the Premier League, obviously. They wanted their quadruple. I feel they unfairly got knocked out, as I feel like Llorente scored a handball. Obviously, I don't like Llorente being an ex-Swansea player, but um, I can see most fans around the world, well, mainly England and Wales, are going to want Cardiff to win on Sunday, besides Brighton of course, and Liverpool fans. I feel like loads of fans just don't want Liverpool winning the league just to carry on well, the joke of Liverpool haven't won the league. Is that is that the reason, though? Because I am curious about this. I mean, people say that, you know, the main reason is that, you know, that Liverpool fans will just go on and on about it if we if we win the league and, you know, just because, you know, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice thing to, to uh, you know, take the mickey out of us, you know, by, 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 by the fact we haven't won it for so long. Is that really the reason? It's that as well as I feel like Liverpool fans, they big up uh, Jurgen Klopp and I think he's a fantastic manager. You can't take away from 
last season an amazing Champions League run, as well as this season going into it, me and all of my mates down with Cardiff always said it was going to be between Man City and Liverpool. It, it's, he hasn't won a trophy. And look at Chelsea. Chelsea, a uh, prime example of sacking their managers, bringing in managers, say, every two years if they don't win a trophy. Jurgen Klopp hasn't won a trophy. He's lost, it. I think it was his last six finals now. For a manager to be successful in the Premier League, he has to start winning trophies. And I feel he has to start winning them now because he's been there for quite a few years now and not winning trophies for, if you want to call Liverpool a big club, which I won't argue against. I'm not a massive fan of Liverpool because I've got Liverpool fans as friends. But as a big club... (laughs) you have to start winning trophies as, as a manager of that club. It's a very interesting argument. And, uh, you know, one of our ex-pros, I can't remember which one it was. It might might have been Steve McMahon. I, I really can't remember. Um, you know, had exactly the same opinion. But, of course, the counter-argument to that is, uh, you know, I mean, if you watch all the games like, like I do and, 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 and Liverpool fans do, of course, um, you know, over the years, Jurgen Klopp inherited a team that, um, you know, lost 6-1 to Stoke City away, basically, and uh, had just lost Gerrard. And we were in a bit of a pickle. We had Ben Teke up front, and we were in a complete, I don't know, we were in a bit of a shambles, lacking belief. The crowd didn't no longer believe in the team, and he's galvanised us, you know. But anyway, that's just for you, for the, for the counter-argument. And, you know, Liverpool fans, you know, really behind him because we see that... We see the progression. That's that's, that's what I applaud him on as well as Warner is the passion that he shows. I feel like that is five tenths at least of being a quality manager is the passion you show towards the fans. Well, that's very that's very generous of you, Job. Thank you for people. Yeah, Neil Warnock. I mean, what do you make of the job he's doing? Look, no one can deny he he's flipped our club upside down when he came in. Um, not last season, I think it was the season before, it was around October time, we had Paul Trollope, who was the ex-Welsh assistant manager, he's now actually an assistant manager at Brighton, which I'm loving, by the way, um, but he's he turned our club into a complete horror show, he tried to set up exactly the way Wales played at the Euros with wing-backs, and it just didn't suit our style of play, Warnock came in, his first game was a, a seven-side derby against Bristol City to win 2-1. He not only turned that club <coughs> excuse me, upside down on the field, but in the backroom staff, he flipped absolutely upside down. Our club is in a hundred times better place we were before he came in. When we went down, we were, we were battered and bruised. It took us this long to come back up. And he did it in his first full season. He made an amazing amount of signings in the transfer window to get us into the Premier League. I feel like the amount of money we spent this Premier League season, um, 30 million, I think it was around about there, is not a lot. But then again, you see Fulham spending 100 million to go down. Obviously, 15 million in the January transfer window for Emiliano Salah. A lot of Cardiff fans well, oh my gosh, Warnock has just made an, a ridiculous signing. He's going to be class for us. Obviously, that tragedy was hard for a lot of fans to take, especially considering we didn't get another striker in that same transfer window. We're stuck with what we've got. 
he's made the best of what he's got. That's that's what Warnock does best. He he's a perfect man manager. He grips a team. He gets them together, and that's what Warnock is all about. Yes, and can I just say on behalf of all Liverpool fans, what a, you know, our deepest sympathies about Emiliano Salah. It's absolutely horrific. Thank you. I mean, yeah. you know, it's um, it's a terrible tragedy. And, uh, yeah, full credit to Warnock, really, for, for galvanising the team. You're still fighting, you know, with just a few games left, and, you know, you could, you could really do it. Um, hopefully not on Sunday, though, I have to repeat. Um, so just a, a final question for you, Job. Thank you so much. You've been absolutely brilliant to talk to. I'm sure, no you know, the listeners have learned a lot, like I have, about Cardiff. And, you know, really can't wait for the game, really. I wish uh, the world would spin a bit faster so time <laughs> would speed up. So just uh, quickly, what what's your score prediction for Sunday? I'm taking a 3-1 Liverpool. I feel like we're going to nick a goal, but I don't think feel like it's going to be enough. Oh, 3-1. Ooh, we'd be absolutely exultant about that, wouldn't we? Cock-a-hoop, you might say. Bumps-a-daisy. Gosh, I'm getting nervous already. It's Thursday night. Arsenal are just, you know, beating Napoli to go through. Congratulations to them. But, uh, you know, this is uh, this is all about Liverpool now, this run-in. I mean, gosh, I don't know how you are. I've been trying to, you know, talk to myself, calm myself down, take some deep breaths. Five seconds in. Six seconds out. And you repeat that. I learned that from a professional tennis coach. Uh, so you know you can use that. I've been I've been trying to trying to use that on public transport as I go between my my English lessons. Um, anyway, thank you so so much for listening. This is the end of Cop on uh, special for for today. Uh, I'll speak to you on the other side of the Cardiff game, and we'll have a full episode. Uh, until then, whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you so much. Yet again, you can. Contact us, coponpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. Or, you know, just simply have a conversation, you know, about football with your, you know, taxi drivers or, you know, bus drivers or bakers, candlestick makers, uh, you know, whoever really. And uh, if you're talking about Liverpool, why not, you know, chuck in a line about Copon, the new Liverpool podcast for this season. And what a season it is. Oh. <sighs>